All right, Two Crew, it's coming down to the wire. And if you haven't bought a Two Crew sweatshirt yet, you got to do it. 100% of the profits from the sale of these sweatshirts are going to Back on My Feet, an amazing charity, one of the best charities going, definitely one of the best charities in the sport. We have the link to the sweatshirts in our Instagram and Twitter bio. Go check it out. Go support your favorite podcast and one of them, an amazing charity at the same time. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron. And I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Whoa, jeez. Hold on, I had something. I had something. I I, I didn't, I, I always forget about it until right now. I had something. That just was, that was just from the heart. I was going to, I was going to brainstorm and I forgot, but I'm going to see if I can come up with something on the spot here. Come up from something. On. And as always. <laughs> from the home of Peter McNeely. In Medfield, we got Mike Jenner. Mike, how you doing? Is that where you live, Mike? You live in Medfield now. That was, uh, yeah, I, I, I sure do. I live in, I live in the, the wonderful town of Medfield, Massachusetts. I'm gonna come up with something related and, uh, to McNeely for your intro. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. That kind of took me by surprise, and uh, you know, also known as the home of the worst Wi-Fi on planet Earth. But, Steve, and this is probably a stupid thing to say off the top of the show, but I think my internet's fixed. I think it's fixed. It is a very don't, stupid thing to don't, say off the don't show. I, don't I sound nice and smooth and good? You sound better. You sound better than you sound in previous episodes, but it's still not, like, perfect. There's, like, a split-second delay. Well, Xfinity told me it was fixed, so if Xfinity says it, it must be true. All right. Well, it's better. It's better than it's been. Right. So let's well, let's roll with it. Positive thoughts only. Knock on wood. You in an X fix. The end of that last episode was about as frustrating as it gets. Yeah. Especially because I think I've said this before, but you know our time is val- very valuable right now. We're recording these late at night, and by the end of it, it's like I know I still gotta edit, and I want to go to bed. And we're just like scrapping and trying to get those last like four minutes out. All you needed for me was just a, a a line on the the weekend of football, and I couldn't even pull up you know my game lines to try and pick one. I couldn't get it out. It was just very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our time is our time is uh, precious these days for sure. I mean, you get the the kids. We get the marathon training. We got jobs. It's it's uh it's crazy. But just quickly, I wanna I wanna touch on uh on the on the the parenting front because I think it's been a couple episodes because we kind of dived into uh running as a parent, and this just kind of occurred to me. But um, my oldest, he he, my older one, he's he's about. I guess he's coming on. He's just shy of of three. So um, he's, you know, a little past two and a half. And he's at the point where he's very perceptive about like what's going on around it, around him. He's making comments that like stuff that I do, stuff that like before he might not have seen or might not have just recognized. He's like picking up on stuff. And uh, <laughs> the other day 
he has this like little couch, right? So in our living room, we have this like little couch, like kid couch that, you know, if, if the kids can sit on, if we're watching TV or whatever, they usually use it as like a pad to jump off of or like dive off the couch onto. Um, but it's this little couch and he's sitting there watching Sesame Street. And uh, I was sitting there next to him, just kind of answering some emails, kind of sitting next to him while he's watching TV. And uh, he goes to stand up and he goes, and he, and he like grunts as he's standing up. And I was like, what was that? He's like, oh, I'm just standing up. I'm standing up. And I realize it's like, I'm so sore these days that every time I stand up, I'm like, Ugh! and he's copying me. He's copying me. He's just grunting as he's standing up. And then, and then later on that day, I went to go stand up and he's like, he's like, pop, you want me to help you? You want me to help you? And he came over and he grabbed my hand. And he's trying to pull me up. So I don't know. He's he's picking up on the fact that uh, that I'm having trouble standing up and sitting down these days. That I mean, that's uh, that's a bit of a wake up call, I suppose. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess there is a difference because I feel like at some point in your life, it's just kind of a natural reaction to do the little when you get up, even if like you're not sore and you don't feel it just like I don't know. It, it just kind of like starts to happen. It's it's probably not a good thing for uh for your little guy that he's starting it at at two and a half years old. Though. He's 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 getting into the game way too early. Well, but at at peak marathon, well, he's not doing it, but he's just copying me. Well, I know, I know, but that's what I mean. Like sometimes I catch myself doing it when it's like, you know, I didn't need to do that. I I was just standing up. I took today off. I'm feeling fine, but I just did it. But there is a distinct difference in the like. I did my long run yesterday and I can barely get off this couch. Yeah. And and I'm peak marathon training. I got a couple more weeks of just really grinding out before we enter taper season. And I'm, I'm achier and I'm sore than I've ever been. So, um, those, those, uh, those grunts aren't necessarily exaggerated right now. Those are my actual efforts to get off the couch. So, you know, but it's funny though. They, you know, they start getting to a certain age where they, are picking up on stuff that you didn't recognize that they'd be picking up on. And you got to realize like, you know, if I'm like in traffic or you know, somebody cuts me off or I swear underneath my breath, like those are the type of stuff that he's going to start picking up. If he's picking up my grunts, getting off the couch, I gotta, I gotta watch myself. I gotta, I gotta really clean up my act. So. Well, so mine from this weekend, Steve was, I was, uh, I got my, my long run and, I mean, God knows how long I got my 18 mile in. And for the most part, it was pretty good. The last few miles, I was starting to fall apart a little bit. But I was pretty happy with my time out. Time out. Yeah, Can you yeah. say how long that, that run was? Because you did cut out there for a second. That must have been your Wi-Fi, not mine. Uh, it was 18 miles. All right. So, and then, you know, but the last few, like I said, I was, I was struggling coming down the home stretch. And uh, so I get in and... You know, I it was uh we had a a birthday party for my wife Friday night, and I had uh you know probably a few too many IPAs, so I was a little dehydrated. So when I got back in, I'm like chugging water. I actually had like a diet coke because I just needed to like replenish my body full of sugar immediately, and I kind of got the spins going no on. Diet coke, Mike. Just FYI. What'd you say? No sugar in diet coke. FYI. No, nah, there's 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 stuff in there. And Diet Coke, come on. Listen, I'm all I'm all for having a can of Coke after a long run to replenish just, but you but you specifically said to replenish sugar. 
hey, listen, I needed to uh, calories and all whatever, all kinds of crap. Zero if cal- I had a regular coke, zero I calorie, would... it's zero calorie. Oh come on, there's got to be some loaded with some kind of crap that would make me better. Whatever, this is aside from the point. I grabbed what I could. Calories, two things that that Diet Coke has has marketed <laughs> themselves off since day one. No, no, notably zero calories. Okay, so anyways, I got the spins going on, and you know I had just been out of the house for like two plus hours, so you know obviously it's it it's my turn to take the baby. So I immediately get handed the baby, and I take like three steps. The the room's kind of spin a little bit. I'm like, this is this is not safe. I, I should not be holding a baby around, but I'm in this weird place where it's like, I also can't say like, hey, you know, I can't take the baby right now because I was just gone on a weekend for two plus hours and it's my turn. So I'm sitting here like, yeah, Joel, we, we got to sit down, buddy. We're just going to hang out. We're going to crawl a little bit because daddy, daddy does not feel safe holding you right now. So that, that is, yeah, exactly. Crawl he, yeah, that's what it was. Somebody get this man a Gatorade or something. Jeez, drinking diet. I just, I just grabbed what I could. Listen, yeah, I'm I I I I have a case of, of Coke downstairs and I only drink them after long run. So you don't have to sell me on having a nice cold Coca-Cola after a long run, but a diet coke to to replenish yourself after a long run, that's just that's that's insanity. But I you know, we don't need to go down that road. I genuinely like do not like soda anymore. I know, like, I'm not just saying that, but like, oh, like, so it was bad. Like, I just, like, got to a point in my life where I just really don't like soda. But when you do finish a long run like that, there is just it's nothing better. A Gatorade's great. Like, all the, like, sports drinks are great. A ice cold Coca-Cola. I mean, it is. It just hits different. It, it, just it hits is different after the greatest long thing on the planet. I never, I never crave one. Like I, I never, yeah. I have a case downstairs. I never, ever drink it. It's just after a long run. It's just something about it. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the post, uh, the, the post long run, long run Coca-Cola train for sure. But Mike, we, we rushed to get on the podcast this week. Um, who knows how long this episode is going to be, but we needed to get on as soon as possible and talk about the Berlin Marathon this weekend, and primarily Kipchoge. Kipchoge bring, bringing, uh, breaking the world record, his own world record, uh, again at a two oh one oh nine. If you if you're on running Twitter, if you're on running Instagram, if you're plugged into the running world in the slightest you know about this everybody was posting about this everybody was talking about this everybody talking about how no human is unlimited how kachoge is the undisputed goat and yeah yeah well all those things i i have some takes on this and i want to get into it but you know I, i i guess mike what was your what was your you know gut reaction to this what was your what was your how did you feel about this because i think it was a little bit of surprise to everybody to see kipchoge go to berlin it was kind of up in the air if he was going to run or if he was going to run hard but when he was there the the rumors start kind of swirling like he's ready to go like he's ready to go after this again and you know by you know saturday night the the running world is buzzing like kipchoge's going for this he's going for this and not only is that rumor out there, but he delivers on it and he gets it. What's your thoughts? So, I mean, I've never, and we've kind of talked about this before, but I never stopped believing that Kipchoge was 
you know, still the best runner on the planet. I, I've always kind of felt firmly about that. So my kind of gut reaction, we can get into, you know, the rest of where we're going to go with this. But my initial gut reaction, like my very first when I saw the the headlines and everything was just like, it, you know, not surprised and like kind of like Kipchoge breaking a world record in the marathon. It, it almost feels just kind of like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's the way things go. And like, it, it guess it'd be one of those things where it's like if he broke the world record and, you know, broke two in a race Berlin environment, that would be like, holy crap. Like we got to like scream this from the mountaintops. But like this was like, a oh, wow. Oh, all right. Nice race for a uh, nice race for my boy Kipchoge. Like he's he's still doing it. Like I just it didn't feel like something that was like a world shattering news. It just didn't see this. This. This is the P2E difference right here. This is the only place in the world that you're going to get this commentary, right? Because my, like, yeah, I thought it was cool. But when I really thought about it, it was like, I don't really care, right? Like, the entire running world cared so much. And I was just like, I don't care about this. And it's not that I don't care about Kipchoge. And it's not that I don't care that he has a world record and he broke his world record. It's like, yeah okay like it you know he's proven that he can do this and he's proven that he can run faster in a perfectly sterile environment and the only reason you're doing this in berlin and you're running in berlin is because it's the closest to a sterile environment that you're going to get in the world majors scene so it's like i don't know i i don't really care he here's the perfect comparison mike you, are you ready for this? I'm assuming it's going to be a Tom Brady comparison. No, it's not. Okay. It's not. This is Aaron Judge. This is oh my God. Aaron. Steve. No, 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 no. Don't, hear don't me get out. me started on that. No, I... but hear me out. Hear me out. This is Aaron Judge going for the single season Yankee record or whatever or going after 61 home runs. It's like, well, yeah, there was a guy that hit 73 home runs yeah, you know, I mean, a, a decade and a half. And it's like. It's so so and, and you could talk about the steroid era, you could talk about all this was like, well, this is the reason it's a perfect comparison is because he's run under two hours before like this. You know, this isn't a big this isn't that big of a deal. Like out of all these the the uh, the sports analogies that I've ever come up with to, to to connect to running, I think that's my favorite. Well, the only the only way it would be different is if the 73 home run record was Aaron Judge's record. That's like yeah. the, the little bit of the missing link. But in the sense of if Apple TV sends me one more notification to like tune into the Yankees game tonight because Aaron Judge might hit 61 home runs. Like if there's something I could not care less about on the entire planet Earth, it's about Aaron Judge not breaking a record. I mean, like, why would I care about the Yankees team record? It's insane. Like, I, I want to well, break let's, my let's phone. Not get too far off topic well, here. I, Steve, I told you, don't get me started. As soon as you start going down this hole, I said, don't get me started. And I want to break my phone every time I get an Apple TV notification all the time. Oh like, Apple God. TV is, like, trying to, like, get in the, in the baseball game so hard that they want to remind me that, you know, it's just uh, well, Mike. That's, that's the same thing. That's the same thing every single time I see the tweet where it's like, 
you know, uh, you know, this is Kipchoge's 400 meter pace. This is Kipchoge's mm-hmm. mile piece. This is Kipchoge's two mile pace. And, and it's like, how long could you keep up with them? It's like, we just did this. We do this. We, we did this. We did this for breaking two. Like, like we do this all the time. Like I'm sick of it. Right. And, and, it, and like, maybe we're going to a little too far, but cause like I care enough to the extent of like, I care about watching greatness and it's very cool to see him at his age and like at this stage of his career, still breaking marathon world records. Like that is very cool, but there's a difference between like appreciating his greatness and saying, yeah, that's very cool to like blowing this up into like the great, the, you know, the biggest thing that's ever happened to the, the running worlds. Well, but, it, and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my whole argument to a point here, right? Where it's like, it's not that I don't want to see Kipchoge race. And it's not that I don't want to see him race really fast. Like we've done this time thing. He has the world record. He has a sub two hour marathon. Like we've done this. I want to see him compete and I want to see him compete on different courses. I want to see him compete against different athletes. I want to see him compete on all the world majors. Like I want to see him win races. I don't care about the time thing anymore. Like the time thing to me, it's always like, a fun extra thing, but this sport is screwed. If we're just so focused on the world records, right? It, it can't just be about the records. It's gotta be about the competing. It's gotta be about winning the different races. And we, we joke about like, you know, the not my goat thing, not until he runs Boston. And that's like a joke and we have fun with it, but like it, it's, it comes from a place of, of like being serious where it's like, stop just doing Berlin. Like run the other world majors, like run all the world majors. Like, let's see how many if let's see how many majors you can win in a year. Right. Let's see how many if you can win all the majors. Let's see if like let's maybe do a different. Dis- I want to just see Kipchoge uh, compete, not necessarily compete against himself. Well, and I mean, the the Kipchoge race that we were getting most excited about over the last few years was the Pekele matchup. Yes. Yes. That we never got. And that's so it's not like, his fault. That's Bekele. No, I know. But that's just like reinforcing our point. It's like we were hyping that one a ton because that was something different. And that was like something we were excited about. We were excited to see two like mega stars race each other. And it wasn't about the times. It wasn't about the world records. It was about these two guys going head to head. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to see more of. Exactly. So I don't want to be like the Kipchoge poopy pants over here. Like, I don't want to like not celebrate a world record, but it was just like, all right, <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, but you know, I, I don't feel the same way about it than when he did it the, the first time, you know? So yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we're, we're on the same page there. Well, Hey Mike, you know, as, as awesome, uh, well, as, as uh, big of a day as it was for the, the running world, uh, just having uh, the world record in the marathon go down, that wasn't the most exciting story that came out of this, this race for me. <laughs> and it was, it was, let's see, Klaus Henning, oh man, his last name. Steve, it's Bottle Klaus. That's all you need to know, Bottle Klaus. Bottle Klaus. Sh- uh, shook, shook. Klaus Henning Schuch, um, and he is the essentially nutrition hydration guy 
for uh for Kipchoge in the Berlin Marathon and his job is to just bomb around the course on a bike to the different water spots and make sure that Kipchoge gets his specific bottle um you know at these water stops and he has a video out it's all over Twitter I'll, I'll retweet it right now if you haven't seen it but it's all over Twitter of this guy just bombing around the course on a bike and it is it's it's one of the greatest things I've seen in the sport because he gets there, he gets to the water stop, he gives Kipchoge the the bottle, and every single water stop, every single water handoff, he celebrates like he just won the Super Bowl, right? Like, I'm doing my job, let's go. And he celebrates with himself for like a quick 10 seconds, and he gets on his bike and he starts bombing to the next water stop. I love this guy. This guy's and he hands off the bottle, he celebrates Steve, and then what does he do? He puts his head down and he's like pushing people out of his way and he is immediately the first one out the gates if there's somebody in front of him on a bike with their water he wants to be ahead of them he's trying to pass everybody so he can get to that next spot first like like i said he celebrates for a second and then it's like it's back to business this guy is you know we're all getting like fired up about the kipchoge world record no 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 this is what we should be celebrating. We should have known about this guy way before. I Do we know, has this guy like always Kipchoge's guy? I don't know. And that's what we need to find out. Because, we need to find that out. Because if he's not, if he's not, he needs to, he needs to be hired by the Kipchoge camp. Instantly. Absolutely. He needs to go to Kenya. He needs to go to Kipchoge's camp. He needs to train with him. He needs to have a VIP pass to every single world major marathon to be the bottle guy for, for Kipchoge. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, and I'm sure that this is some special treatment that Berlin just gives to Kipchoge for this. But if you reach a certain standard, right? If, if you reach a certain standard in the marathon, then let's say your country's governing body for the marathon awards you with a bottle class they award you with a guy that gets to travel to all your major races and be your hydration nutrition guy and he's he's as intense as bottle class i mean i don't know how could you possibly find somebody who's just as intense as as bottle well, class? maybe maybe we need maybe we need some sort of like training program or we need some sort of like minor league system to to uh you know grow talent to scout and grow talent so i mean i think you you are making your sports comparisons before steve and i think one thing that has evolved in sports over time is the idea of the importance of a caddy in golf i think Mm. you know back in the day people didn't realize really how important the caddy was but i do feel like finally the caddies are getting their shine and a lot of golfers kind of uh you know say it's like oh it's a team and like when they win they like reference it as like it's a team and the caddy is important we need to start treating these these bottle guys as as you know caddies in golf like these guys it it doesn't happen without these guys these guys play a ginormous uh role if you miss one bottle that could be it that could be the end like these guys need to get the same clout that these caddies are getting on the championship and I want to hear Kipchoge start thanking his bottle guy in his post game speech. I want him to say, you know, we did this together, me and bottle class, we did this together. You know, we, we, uh, I couldn't do it without him. And, uh, 
yeah, that, that's what I need. I, I need more credit for these guys from the athletes. Scotty Scheffler, right? So yeah. he, he hires his, um, his caddy, Ted, uh, blanking on his last name, Ted. Um, anyways, Bubba Watson fires Ted. Scotty Scheffler hires him like a month later. Scotty Scheffler becomes the best golfer in the world, like overnight because of the caddy and people start recognizing like, oh, maybe there's something to this caddy game. And, you know, if you're a struggling, you know, marathon or trying to break through, trying to get to the, the big money races, you know, you need to cut a few minutes off your time to, you know, get the, you know, qualification for, you need to get the Olympic standard or you need to, you know, kind of break through the top three in your country to get to the Olympics. Maybe you go out and you, and you hire the best bottle cloths, in the in the in the world and it elevates her game and listen i i think just as much as the bottle class should get credit i think they should get blame if they screw up as well i think we should be analyzing the bottle clauses i think we should be you know uh critical of people who miss bottles i think there should be statistics and data out there on bottle percentage and we should be tracking this and know who the best bottle classes out there i think another good comparison right is like the unsung hero behind behind every like great champion and like everyone knows Belichick everyone knows Brady but bottle classes are any Adams any clauses are any Adams right he's the the magic sauce he's the secret sauce behind everything oh what if I take this one step further I put my um put my race director hat on and it could be a source of revenue for these races where you could say you want to, you want to spend the extra money. Say I'm going out to Berlin, I'm going out to London, I'm going out to Tokyo and I want the full experience. And so I not only am I going to pay my race entry, I'm going to pay a big chunk of change to make sure I have a, a, a guy on a bike chasing me around celebrating every time I get a bottle and the, the, you can essentially hire these people through the race and it becomes a whole new source of revenue for the races or, and you know, then you can start, you can start using it. You can start weaving it into, you know, um, appearance fees for these, for these runners. Like, you know, if, if you come, not only are we going to give you, you know, $25,000, but we're going to give you the best bottle guy we got, you know? So, I mean, there's there's so many different ways you can go with this. I want to see this become such a popular sensation that you have people leaving the tour de France to go be bottle classes yes. like that's that. where the cycling money needs to go yes 100 <laughs> the bottle support team ends up making more than the runners by the end of this scenario yeah I, now we've pissed off the whole running community but yeah no i agree i want our our athletes to not be making as much <laughs> as their bottle delivers I think that's the right the right idea. But All right. If you if I think I think we beat that topic to death. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the video, you gotta. This guy is electric. He's electric, and you know if if uh, if he speaks English, I want him on this podcast. So yeah, even if he doesn't speak English, we'll get a translator. Yeah. Um. So Mike, I uh, you know, speaking of the marathon, and speaking of you know, we're we're in. Uh, I, I, I'd say I got about, I got about this week, next week. And then we start thinking about taper season. Um, I'm thinking, I'm you know, I'm thinking like race day and I'm thinking, um, you know, what, you know, what, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to do, what my routine is going to be. And I've hit kind of like, uh, a, a tough decision to make here. 
I'm at the point in my training where I'm starting to think about footwear for, for day of. Whoa. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a way more complicated decision than, than you think, because, you know, I want to, I want to put something fun on my feet. I want the carbon plated shoes. I want something that's going to make me go fast, but it is 26.2 miles. Do I stick with what I've been using on my long run, something a little bit more stable, something a little bit more cushion. Um, you know, the thought process is, Hey, like stick with what I know, you know, stick with something that's not going to injure myself out there. But then the other side of it, it's like, feel fast, let it rip. You know, you've trained for a year for this move. And even if you end up with an injury at the end of it, it's okay. Like, you know, you, you put it all out there. So I keep going back and forth. It's, it's actually like, a daily thing. I, I keep switching back and forth like every single day on, you know, which direction I go with this. I mean, I don't know if I should be giving you any advice here, but I tend to, I'm a, I'm a keep it normal guy, especially when it comes to the marathon. You know, you talk about feeling light and fast and everything, and that's great. And you'll feel light and fast on that start line. And you're going to feel like a badass for the first, whatever, 18, 20 miles, miles 20 through 26. You're going to want those shoes that, that got you there. That's, that's how I feel about it. So that's kind of the same way I've been thinking, but Mike, I did a workout this week and I did a long kind of like progression tempo. I did like a 13 mile workout and I threw on my carbon plated racing shoes. And let me tell you, I had probably. We've said it on the past couple of episodes. We've had our best run. We've had our, this was, this was without a doubt, my best run. All right. Well, I think that's your answer in, right in there. Then plural years, years. But it made the. I mean, it's only halfway, right? It's only half marathon. Did I? Did I? I just made the. I made the decision more difficult. Is all I'm saying. But I think no. See, I don't think you did. I think at the end of the day, this is a. Uh, a lot of this is going to, you know, be the mental game, be your, your impact, your confidence level. And if you're strapping on those shoes and you're thinking about that 13 mile workout you did, and that's the workout that those shoes bring you to, that's the mindset it puts you in. All right, well, I can buy off on that. All right. I, I, I can buy off on that. 26 miles is a long way to go though. It's a long way to go. What if my, what if my Achilles starts yelling at me at mile 14? Well, then you got to tell it to shut up for 12 miles. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well, it's still, it's, it's, a uh, it's up in the air. It's a TBD. So maybe I'll, maybe we'll do something. Maybe I'll do like a poll or well, something. You bring up a good point. Like what are, are do we have a, a plan for like kits and everything like a tire? What, what are we, what are we wearing? Are we supposed to be matching? Are we supposed to not be matching? I might put something together special. I might, oh, special! I might, I might whip something together. Special, okay. yeah. I might. Right. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Something might be in the works. We'll see. Okay. Know. I was thinking about that the other day on my run too, because I usually like to do one of my long runs in, you know, my. Not, not that this is like a hundred percent necessary, but I usually like to do my, one of my long runs in my race day kit. You know, I get the feel of it, kind of. Feel it on a long run. Make sure you're not getting chafed to hell. Make sure it's comfortable. Make sure you're feeling good in it. So I, I got to know. I got to know if I'm going to 
mentally prepared for that. Do base day marathon with me 15 days before race day. Mm. Base day half marathon. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, base day half marathon. What 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 day is that? I don't know. It's like the second weekend in October. Yeah, I can't do that. What? Why? I I gotta work that weekend. For the whole weekend? Yeah, it's my first uh my first back to the old gig weekend. October sixteenth. Yeah, I gotta work. Well, all right, well I, I can't to tell you. Is what it is. Yeah. Lucky if I get my long run in that weekend, I'm gonna have to do a weekday long run. Sucks. Well, we got anything else to talk about here, Mike? Yeah, I want to talk Santa Clara cross country team, Steve. Okay, let's do it. Because, you know, we're gonna get into more cross country. I think. Uh, I don't like jumping in. You know, we've in the past we've done, and I I think it's still worth talking about it, but. Early cross country is so hard to to talk about just because so many people are hiding their top guns. They're only racing two or three guys at a time. So you can only really speculate on some things. Um, so I think we're not far away from being able to like really dive into cross country. But this is the type of stuff that I it, it just it, it makes cross country what it is. And this is something that my class really kind of like scratched the surface of we uh we tried to make our our uh you know the team photo website pictures the worst they possibly could be and we'd grow our facial hair and grow our hair steve i'll have to send you some of uh no i remember it was disgusting i'll have to send you you know you might you might have to post some of trent's team photos but i mean they are just absurd well, Santa Clara's men's cross country team just uh, released all of their team photos, and I mean, they are <laughs> one of them is a gem. Because yeah, I mean, if you it's, you, you there can be an element of it that you're like trying too hard, and it just looks like stupid, and you kind of look like kind of a loser. That's this the is thing. most of the time. Most of the time, this sort of thing is too try hard. Yeah, the perfect, and you might see like this team just out in the public and say like, Oh, like, yeah, they might look to try hard, but the way that they clearly approach this with the mindset of they are going to get the worst pictures of all time. And that was the (laughs) Genesis. I mean, people's hair is just all over the place. The mustache, the looks at the camera, the facial expressions (laughs) are just every single one of them. The looks are perfect. The, uh, I keep like I keep finding my favorite and then being like, no, this was my favorite. That was my favorite. <laughs> I know what my favorite is. <laughs> I like I like the guy top row, uh, second to the left or second in on the on the left there. Yeah, the little <laughs> like bowl mullet. Thing and then the guy, on there. the guy in the bottom left is pretty good. The guy in the bottom left corner. Yeah, I'll, we'll post it. We'll post these pictures because people don't know what we're talking about. But... Sneaky, the guy bottom row. Uh, second from the right, just a little Asian kid there. Which is his hair is just a. He doesn't have the facial hair and all. But he just, just got this mugging. super angry face, mean mugging, and his hair is just a disaster. It's so messy. Oh my god, I just love. It. And then, but the the best one by far is bottom row, third from the left. This guy just looks like a crack addict. He looks, he looks insane. And just like the way he like 
has like one eye half of, I mean just everything about it I I saw this post and it 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 just warmed my heart it just <laughs> it brought me back to like oh man this is this is all in one picture why people hate cross country runners and also why people love cross country runners like it's just it's perfect I if love it if anybody knows anybody on the Santa Clara team please send this to them Tell yeah them. We're, we're instant fans. We love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we had, uh, see my senior year, uh, flow track started this, like, I think I've told the story on the podcast mm. before, but they started this, uh, stashies at Nashies thing where, uh, you had to grow out a, a mustache by nationals and like they vote, people voted on who had the best mustache. And we had a kid on our team win and he won because we, uh completely and totally rigged it and we uh <laughs> we just completely cheated like you had to like i don't know somebody on my team figured out how to vote multiple times and you couldn't you can only vote once a day from your like ip address and so like somebody figured out how to keep voting and we ran up the score and uh we never got the trophy and i uh i ran into uh uh, let's see, what was his name? Uh, Ryan Fenton, I think, was the guy from Flow Track. Was he the guy from Flow Track? I think one of the that guys. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I I told him I I was like, hey man, my teammate once dashes and Nashies and he never got his trophy. And he was like hammering. He's like he's like yeah, I fucking know. He's like you guys cheated. You're not getting the trophy. <laughs> so I think I think my team, like the underclassmen on my team, like were bombarding his inbox for a long time, being like, where's that trophy? Where's that trophy? So. I mean, in fairness, it was an awesome stash. It was a great like, stash. He like he could have won. He should have. Yeah, he could have. He could have won without the the uh, you know rigging the polls. But well, we ran up the score big time. We like <laughs> we tripled the the votes from the next closest person. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Anyways, yeah, love this picture. Love what you do in Santa Clara. But uh, um, and Mike, we we uh we we gotta finish the the podcast today on this topic because I think. You know, for the first time in in, in a, I mean, since I was a kid, first time in most of your lifetime, we can officially admit we have a bad football team. Um, well, I mean, our starting quarterbacks hurt. Yeah, so that buys us some time. Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, starting next week. Yeah, I mean, what do you, do you want, Zappy? I'd rather have Zappy than Brian Hoyer. I mean, it's at least more fun than Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer might be the, like the better choice, but we might we might win one out of four games. I don't know if I'm ready to admit that, Steve. Okay, but I, I have a. I point. don't know if I'm ready to admit. I have a point I want to make. So, you know, I I think a lot of people, most of the country would uh would say oh it's been easy to be a patriots fan you guys are winning all the time blah 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 blah. you guys are always in the AFC championship always in the super bowl i just want to say it's way harder to be a fan of a good team than a fan of a bad team it's way harder like you just right now i'm resigning myself to the fact like yeah if we make the playoffs that will be win but i'm not expecting much from this team but you know up until about two years ago or three years ago it was like Every single game was do or die. Every single play was do or die. Like if you lost the game, you you, you could your whole season could have been ruined, or you know, because it, it could have been a could have been a Super Bowl run, but it might not be anymore. And so, uh, you know, every single 
every single weekend. And don't get me wrong, it was more fun. But it was significantly harder to be a fan of a good team than a bad team. And I just want to say that now that I'm a, I'm getting a taste for the first time in, in, in multiple decades, I'm getting a taste of what it's like to have a bad sports team or not good sports team. And this is easy. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I watch the games. I have fun. I eat some chicken wings. I have a couple beers. We make a play. If we win, great. If we lose, mm, whatever. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm starting to understand why people love football so much. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, not, it's, it's stress it's not, free. It's far less. It's far less stressful. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? No, I do. I definitely get what you're saying. It is. It is far less stressful. Like I don't have to. We watch the game, and, and grant that I was upset. It was. It was a difficult game to watch. But that game five years ago, there would have been at least two to three incidents where something got thrown across oh. the room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was, I, I my, yeah, I, I don't know. My, my wife would have kicked me out of the house. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Like I, I she, she would have told me to go somewhere else. I can't be around the kids and stop breaking things. Like it would have been that's the thing. We were like watching it amongst our kids and like, it was a family party, which was totally fine by me in the past years in that setting. I would have been sitting in your bar room by myself for like 90% of that game. Like I would not have allowed myself to watch that game in that setting. It would not have been okay. Uh, Cause I would have just been like pissed at everybody. And I, you know, there'd be too much happiness in the room. And I wouldn't be able to handle that. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was DMing with, uh, with, you know, a uh, longtime friend of the program, uh, Buffalo Brian last week. And, you know, who knows you, they, Buffalo may have been derailed by Miami now and their Super Bowl Super Bowl uh, hopes maybe maybe up in the air night now but you know who, who who knows but I was DMing with him last week and I was like listen Brian it's something I I got to teach you I got to teach you how to be a fan of a dominant team and I was telling him I said this time period right now where you have the most dominant team in the, in the NFL and the whole country loves you it's short lived so enjoy it because you only you maybe get one season of this and then the rest of the world is going to turn on you. And I'm explaining this to him. And he's like, he was like, yeah, you know, that was that was the case with New England uh, because uh, you had 20 years of dominance. And I said, listen, in, in 1999, the Red Sox were the lovable losers of the world. Everybody loved the Red Sox. By 2004, everybody hated the Red Sox and they hated people from Boston. They hated all New England. So it happens quick. It happens very quick. Yeah, I mean, it did not take long for people to start hating the Chiefs. Exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling him. I said, "Hey, listen, you know, jump through your tables, cover yourself in ketchup and mustard, you know, sing, <laughs> shout, and 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 do it with the rest of the country right now because everybody loves you. But it's just a matter of time before people start making up fake shit that Josh Allen's doing, you know, taking out psis from the football these phantom friggin thing i said it's just a matter of time buddy it's just a matter of time so so how long do you think it is until people start actually liking the patriots you know i think it happens quick i think it i think it I, goes both I, ways i think it I, I think it happens quick i i i think we might be a season away from people liking the patriots again especially going to roll in i think we're going to roll into indianapolis and we're going to go 20 deep at a Colts bar the Sunday after the race. And yeah, there's going to be some, there's going to be some leftover animosities from the days when we would just kick the crap out of, uh, uh, of, of Peyton Manning, you know, every single year. But I think for the most part, 
people are going to welcome us, you know, which three years ago would not have been the case. I will say, Steve, we might be a bad football team. And Mac Jones probably will still be injured by that time. If there's one game we're going to win, it's going to be that one. Oh, yeah. We're oh, going to yeah. take we're going to take Indy back. 100%. We're not losing in Indy. We're <laughs> not losing 20 deep in Indy. And if you don't think I'm bringing old Pat's energy into that bar, I mean, we still own Indianapolis. We do. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Willie McGinnis goal line stuff energy into that bar. Yes. I'm bringing, you know, I, <laughs> I'm bringing, you know, uh, a Peyton Manning face on the frozen tundra of Foxborough Stadium, throwing his third pick in the AFC Championship energy. That's what I'm bringing into Indianapolis. I, I might bring in an AFC Championship runner-up banner. <laughs> with me. Oh man, so, yeah, but, yeah. Watch so. out. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's uh let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? I'm ready for September to be over, Steve. Okay, listen, I want to give a shout out to, to all those uh, you know, important birthdays in my life. Uh my sister-in-law, my wife, my mom, happy birthday, wedding anniversary, cousins. September is brutal with littered with birthdays and every i mean september needs the worst september's gotta go september has gotta go we gotta move on it's the worst it's the worst run of of celebrations it's it's crazy it It is it's remarkable how bad it is i mean i shouldn't say bad i mean like you know love you all it was great celebrating you but like listen i need a break from birthdays folks we have we have two other brothers and we have to make sure that they do not marry anybody that is born in September because yeah. it is yeah. a it is a it is a bad uh it is a bad trend we got going in the gender and family. And yep, love you all. It was awesome, but yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. We might have to put that on the uh the gender and dating application from here on. <laughs> no September birthdays. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my my bell app is, hey, if you haven't bought a shirt, a sweatshirt, you got to go do it. We got about 10 days left of this. Uh, the sweatshirt sale, 100 percent of the profits are going to back on my feet. Support us by buying a sweatshirt so we can support a charity that we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're heading to Indianapolis. And we want to get back to the community there. If you haven't listened to last week's episode with Jen Hyde, the program director for the for the uh, Boston chapter back on my feet, go do it. But because we 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 need you to crew, we need you to step up. We need we need your help here um, because we haven't sold the amount of sweatshirts we thought we were gonna sell. And guess what? They're awesome. The sweatshirts are freaking awesome. If you haven't seen them, a link is in our Twitter Twitter and Instagram bio. Go check it out. Go buy a sweatshirt. Other than that, Mike, I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation. Ready. 
right. <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. Mike isn't recording. Okay. Oh, oh, you want to keep it like, okay. Cause my it doesn't really matter because yeah. I'm going to have to send it to you anyways. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.